0: To the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners.
1: It's airborne we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices but note that some
0: items may not be used all right welcome to the Cobra cast with the president vp i'm the host ricky rifty the prez logan got my co-host ricky at vp at true um, welcome to the show and welcome Met dog. What's going on, mate?
1: Just, uh, you all right, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm good. Just, uh, feeling just, a little locked up, are you? Yeah, mate. Just, yeah. You know, just getting in the mood, getting the spirit. Just, <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's a Melbourne's new theme song, mate. That one tell you what, being locked back up. And the yeah. problem this problem is this time, mate, we don't we can't uh just bunker down for six weekends straight pumping out fifty recordings.
0: Yeah, well mate, you've got a baby that could come along in any bloody minute now. So um, unfortunately you won't be having everybody over to see the baby for at, least, at least six weeks.
1: Yeah, it's the most annoying thing about it is the fact that yeah, she's due two weeks today. Actually, well, sorry, two weeks from Thursday. So yeah, two weeks from today, she's due. So it means that absolute worst. It will be well, absolutely, yeah, absolute worst. It will be four weeks that uh, no one's going to see her for. And being the first you know, baby on my side of the family, it's definitely not going to be good for Yeah, you know, My mum and even Kelly's side of the family. I'm sure, are devastated. But uh, so did you get to the pub for the last time yesterday, mate? <clears throat> No mate, it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter much to me. So, I do have a question for you, though, mate. I'm I'm baffled. Normally, I jump on here, and you've got your Cobra hoodie, your Cobra hat on. You seem to do a lot better than me because my Cobra hoodie always seems to be in the wash, unfortunately. But we jumped on today, and yeah, you, what's your beanie you got on, mate?
0: Yeah, well, mate. Being that we are back in lockdown, I thought I'd I'd get get this beanie out i just purchased this beanie it's a, a mate of mine's band the catholic guilt i'll uh, share links to them i just bought the beanie a couple of weeks ago from their store on uh, band camp or something like that is and uh, one of the industries that's really struggling through all these lockdowns and closures and stuff is uh, you know the arts so all the music all the you know all the art stuff all the performing arts all that stuff is really struggling and, and Um, there's a lot of good musicians out there that would be playing shows and you know our good friends Ollie and Scuzzy would be playing shows every weekend and uh, yeah so I just thought I'd I'd buy one of their beanies to help them out and I thought I'd just share it with everyone on here so if you want to go check out the Catholic Guilt on Spotify and or their, their merch store and buy some merch yourself after you pop along to some of their catchy tunes
1: yeah, you, you you're a bigger man than I am, Rifty. I've I would sell my soul for you know, a free beanie to wear on this. So, so if anybody does want to give me some free merch that I do to, to, you know, to pump up on this show, go ahead and do it. Yeah, I said I'd I'd sell myself for a candy bar if I had to, <laughs> as long as it's free. Nah,
0: man, I think it's important that we all uh, support support the things we love and and the industries we care about. And you know, I know everyone's sort of saying, make sure you're still support cafes and restaurants and still get your takeaway meals here and there and help support those from the ones that are managing to stay open through these times. But yeah, I think uh, support, if you can support arts in any way, you know, if it's uh, listening to them on Spotify or buying their album online or buying some merch from a band that you like, uh, you know, it's not quite the Parkway Drive that's getting played in, in most guys, Spotify playlist, or it's not quite Meek Mills getting played in your your Spotify playlist, but they're a good catchy band from the heart of Melbourne. And, you know, I thought oh. I'd sling them a bit of help.
1: All right, mate, I'll make a deal with you. Once we, once we get off this, I'll give them a listen. and I'll get back to you by Monday with how, you know, my opinion on them. Okay. Yep, No worries. So, mate. I, it's, so it's already, like it's, it's, already worked, time, mate. it's already worked, mate. It's already yeah. worked. Yeah. You got me interested. Yeah. Go check them out. But anyway, mate. So, uh, we're off to North London. Yes. Yeah. so this one, uh, took two recordings to get done. We recorded the first time and unfortunately, the internet across in North London was um, not the greatest. Uh, so it was a bit glitchy and was actually just literally unworkable. The audio was not very good. Uh, so instead of just not going ahead with it. We got Chris back on. We tried again. Unfortunately, we got about 20 minutes in and the internet decided again. It wasn't, you know, anybody who thought it was in Melbourne with how bad the internet was on his end. But, um, yeah, so from 20 minutes on, uh, it's a little bit, the audio, as far as I'm aware, the audio is still perfect. Yeah, um, no, it's just w- watching it yeah, video still- wise, you won't see the. Lovely face with Chris after 20 minutes, but um, if you're listening on the audio version, everything's perfect, crystal clear, no issues at all. But just thought we'd mention that, just for the, the viewers. I don't
0: know if I'd go crystal clear, but it's clear enough. You'll hear It's crystal. Store.
1: It's crystal clear for a couple of blokes, one sitting in their lounge room, one sitting in their garage, and another bloke in, in England. Yeah, well, that's it. No, it's. Uh... I've had podcast blokes sitting in the same room as each other that sound atrocious, so. You do a good job, mate. You do a good job with all the editing and the leveling of the microphones and stuff like that because there has been a few times that I'm aware I've almost blown your e-drums off when recording and I listen back to it I'm you know I'm nice I haven't blown my own e-drums off so yeah I, I've got to I've got to uh,
0: you know devolume you a bit sometimes but anyway um it, it doesn't help
1: when I can be leaning back to my leaning back just sort of you know listening to a story and then they'll say something that I just get overly excited about and start back here and get in here real quickly
0: <laughs> yeah especially when they start talking about goals and kicking goals and you have to put your input into that and tell them you know when they say that oh they started forward but then they had to go down back and you're like oh that's right bloody back they're all just failed <laughs> forwards so. yeah
1: right on utility but um <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you rick you did do a good job to get me back on track here because this was you know, this was going down the path of a Long night for you, and me, just chatting about the gunners with you know, a fellow, a fellow gooner of our line. But, but uh, so let's get into it, mate. Let's go across to North London and chat to Chris. And uh, so, recording this, obviously, as I said, these are pre recorded. I'm fairly sure now the lines are back out training and are looking pretty good that they might even get their 30th season up and going. So, the oh, few mentions nice. of them hoping to get it going and not looking good, but I'm pretty sure now they're not too bad across there.
0: Yeah, well, fingers crossed for them, and hopefully they're doing a bit better than us.
1: If I'm then, wrong, I apologize. I didn't research that beforehand. I'm just pretty sure I've seen on their socials, their back training. No, well, hopefully it's not an old post. And uh,
0: anyway, yeah. enjoy this one, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Today, we would like to welcome uh, Chris Dobson, all the way from North London. Uh, he's part of the North London Lions. Welcome, Chris. But- the second boys. time around. Yep.
2: <coughs> yeah, it's good to be back again. Um after some uh, classical technical difficulties the first time, but uh, nah, more than happy to jump back on again. Uh
0: first of all, how did you come to get involved at the North London Lions?
2: Yeah, um actually it's probably a fairly uh common common case over here for Australians coming over saying that they're not gonna get involved in footy or that they're just gonna take it easy and um you know, why would you come to London and to play footy? But uh Basically, um, met met a bunch of Aussies, actually moved in next door to um, uh, Luke Stevenson, who's played in a flag a few years ago and pretty pretty involved at the footy club. And he kind of uh, gave me a few beers, which um, convinced me to, to go to training one Sunday, and, and the rest is history. But, um, yeah, so pretty much from my first, uh, first training to now, it's been about sort of a bit over three years. So it's um, gone from not wanting to play footy to now being um, involved weekly from playing, coaching uh, on the committee, social media, all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, it's, uh, it escalated pretty quickly.
0: Oh, that's all right. I say to guys all the time when they're, they're you know, in their thirties and they say, oh, no, I'm done with footy. I'm like, you're going to be retired for a long time. So just stay involved. And it's good that you've been able to stay involved in footy once you got over there and uh, found a good club. Um but do you yeah. know much about how the the Lions were first founded and and why they chose the Lions in the first place?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm always pretty big on sort of history of footy clubs being involved in um, you know a footy club back home um, in Country Victoria all my life, grandparents and all that kind of stuff. I love I love learning about the history and and surprisingly, what a lot of people might find surprising is um, that the league is actually thirty years old <laughs> over here in London. The, um, you know so in the um, sort of 19 uh, 1990 um yeah you know, a group of uh a group of guys in north london aussie guys thought that they should get together at the pub and, and have a chat and i think from there they kind of they there was enough of them in the area in north london to um actually start a team and and or at least go and have a kick and and kind of see what happened from there so um you know that that was kind of um, <clears throat> how it started. Um, again, probably fairly similar to other clubs and, and even back home. It was a group of, group of guys that wanted to kick the footy, miss, miss the footy back home um, and basically got together and, and thought they could do it. And, and that's kind of you know how the Lions are actually one of the founding clubs of, of back then. It was called the British Australian Rural Football League. It's now just called AFL London. Um, but yeah, they they got involved and um, excuse me, they, you know, they started and a lot of those guys were kind of um you know, involved for the first ten years and, and still we've got a, a bunch of um guys that um from that group and, and from the years not long after that that um every every year one or two or three games they come come down and watch the guys. We usually get them to come to a training before the big big matches, whether it's a the final or round one or whatever it might be to um Come to training and give a bit of a speech about the club and what it means, and and that it is more than just uh, just a bunch of Aussies playing footy that actually has got a history, and and um, you know we do do have some rivalries, and we do hate other teams, and we love playing them and love beating them. So it's uh, yeah, it's really good. We've got a really good group of, um, I won't say old guys, but um, experienced and. Uh, <laughs> And veterans, I guess, from uh, from the early days that are pretty well engaged. So it's uh, it's really good, really good. Um, and happy to kind of keep fostering that over the next um, however long, um, you know, as long as we can.
1: Yeah, it's always good when you can keep blokes that were there you know, such a long time ago still involved and around the club and getting them in to speak to the newer generation coming through. So as we spoke about um, in the intro, the fact that we did record this once you know, a handful of weeks ago, but... Few yeah, issues. We've got you back again. We mentioned at the start that we actually changed a few questions around. So, one thing that I've started to want to know is what's the club theme song?
2: Well, it's uh it's a it's a it's kind of a, a mixture, um, but we uh, it's our colors are, are red, yellow, and black, um, and so we actually use the the Melbourne Demons. Uh, uh, Theme song, but we kind of change change the colours obviously, and and do a bit of a, uh, a a bit of a sort of a mix up at the end. So it's quite catchy. Um, it's a good theme song, and and uh, yeah, the the bit at the end. Um, and I, I can actually send you. I, I think if uh, on YouTube, if you have a look, there's um, some uh, there's some examples of it for sure in in some of our promo videos, and then even videos from um, when we won the. The different flags that we've won, um, you'll be able to see the see the guys and girls singing, uh, singing very loudly and proudly.
1: Yeah, I always do like a song that's got a, a bit, something a bit different at the end of it. Um, so, as a foundation member, a actually club of the uh, the old Barful, how many players yep. did you have when the club first started?
2: Um, so, I think uh, you know we had kind of a handful. I think. Um, I think we, you know, probably had around 20. Um, There was around 20 guys. Uh, Obviously, I wasn't there. But, you know, I believe that, you know, there was enough and and there was enough to get a group going. And then um, week to week, like any footy club really, but particularly in London, um, you know, one week you might have 50 players and the next week you might have five, depending on what, um, you know, music festival is on or what trip the guys have gone on or what, um, you know, what uh what flight specials there were to to other parts of Europe in that weekend so um i you know i believe that when 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 we were first founded it was kind of fairly similar to what it is now but a lot smaller um in the you know the, the player numbers fluctuated and, and being a transient kind of uh culture i guess with the Aussies in london that's um you know it, it can change um week to week but yeah the, there was a, there was a handful of guys and Around sort of twenty that I think you know went for a beer in that first first week, or first you know a few months of, of um, setting up the club, and and um, grown massively to to this day and to this year, and um, you know I think, pending um, you know the the effects of COVID, I think we'll you know continue to grow, which is which is awesome.
0: Before I ask about the women stuff. Yep. Head dog, just ask your bloody question. I know you're going to ask about the stupid <laughs> round ball game. So just get it over and done with. Get it out of the way so I don't have to hear about this round ball shit anymore. Right?
1: I was going to wait pretty much like just to the last question because you know it's coming. I just wanted to nah, have nah, you nah. waiting on nah. edge. All right, Get so, it out of the way. Uh, so as a lot of people would know, I'm a massive Arsenal fan. And being in North London, out our previous chat, I did learn that you are a Gunner fan. So yep. what is North London like on a day when... You know, the mighty Arsenal was playing against that shit house Tottenham team.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's I, and I I kind of live right in that little uh, probably more of an Arsenal area where I am. Um, a little bit uh, Tottenham's a little bit further north, I guess. Um, but yeah, those those days are good, especially around the park, around the the park or around the the stadium. Um, the pubs are pumping um, you yeah, know, you've got to have your wits about you a little bit, you can't um, kind of just stroll around always well, best to maybe not wear colours um, because you just don't know um, how many beers a few of the boys have had when they're walking around, but um, it is it is pretty fascinating, I remember my first few times going going to uh, to Arsenal and, and to any games really um, in the, whether it's EPL or whether it's um, championship or whatever it might be, um, you know, you, you've got to have you've got to have a home ticket to get into the pubs that are home pubs. So if there's a, there might be an Arsenal pub and you know, instead of showing your your ID, they'll actually ask for your ticket to the game, and only only people with tickets in that Arsenal area will, will be allowed because they don't want you know um, opposition supporters going in. But um, around the ground, the stadiums over here and, and Arsenal's not really too much different. Is there's just it's all surrounded by houses, so it's very different to kind of your um, uh, Marvel Stadium or even the MCG where it's parkland all around it. You actually you'll be in houses and then all of a sudden the stadium will just pop up. So a lot of people walk from the the walk from the from the train stations to the ground is always pretty pretty cool. Like there's a really good atmosphere. Um, you know everyone's uh, there's chanting and there's um, yeah, you know, lots of colours and lots of kind of uh, chat going on, and and uh, after the game, pending the result, there's yeah, it's pretty fun as well. But uh, it's it's a good area to be in, and um, there's a definitely a, a real North London feel. West Ham as well is always a good game. Um, they're they're based just at the old London Stadium or the London Olympic Stadium. So again, very close. Um, those three big, pretty big clubs are all um, we you know uh, put on a good show. So it's 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 good fun, good atmosphere.
1: Yeah, one of my uh, dreams is to go across there and watch them at the Emirates. I actually got to see Arsenal play a couple of years ago when they traveled out to Sydney. And when the news came out that they were playing in Sydney, it was you know had my airfares booked the day that they said I was online yeah. online for the tickets when they come out. It was one of my biggest highlights. But um, you know, it's no surprise you mentioned West Ham and Tottenham about how West Ham play in that new stadium. It's no surprise them two shitty little clubs they had to build these or move these big new stadiums when. You know, we do it first, but I could go on for, for <laughs> hours, but I see a rifty sit there just going, all right. So, so recording this actually just a bit of behind the scenes with people recording this, we just spoke to a bloke from um, South America and he was an Australian that went to South America and actually ended up over in Colombia because he followed the Socceroos for the World Cup in Brazil in 2014. So... For a good what fifteen minutes of that interview, Rifty, me mean that bloke just sat there and spoke about the uh, soccer ruse and the Tim Cahill goal, and that's, I can see Rifty getting just like okay, dog, let's fucking move on here, mate. Come on, I'm sick of talking about soccer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's it's I mean the, the, the guys, are, <clears throat> excuse me, at the moment are, are struggling to have much to talk about because uh, the Bundesliga in Germany's just started up, so it's given people something to talk about. But uh, yeah, the the EPL is still a little while off and. Um, you know, it's isn't uh, not a lot to talk about for a lot of the guys over here without without that going on. Yep.
1: All right. Question: I've got you mentioned EPL. Uh, would you prefer them to just not give a title or give the championship, give the title to Liverpool?
2: Ah, oh, look. I, I mean, um, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, as passionate as probably what you are about it, but um, I think they probably deserve it. They're, they were that close to doing it. Um, you know they were easily the best team in the league all year so from my limited kind of uh knowledge and and expertise on the on the on the league i think they should be awarded it i think there's going to be more trouble with kind of the relegation and promotional kind of um where you know where teams that still have a chance to get out of relegation or to or to get promotion um that's probably where the, a lot of the the discussions happening because it's um yeah, I mean it's worth so much money. I think um, it's an automatic three, 34 million pounds to come from um, league world championship up to um, up to the EPL. So that's you know, that's sort of what seventy million Aussie dollars just just for going up to the league. That's not even for you know. Um, so it's worth a lot of money going down as well. So you lose that money going down. So it's um, pretty yeah, it's pretty big discussions. I, I wouldn't like to be involved in that.
1: No, it's ridiculous. But yeah, they do deserve it. But just the joy I would get out of seeing <laughs> my good mate, Joshy Herford, just lose his mind if Liverpool aren't awarded the championship, it would be fantastic. And Rifty, you don't really care about the game. but I'm sure you can appreciate Joshy Herford losing his mind. That doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Like I like said, I don't care about the game. So
1: but to see <laughs> but, but Jorge just be livid would be good enough for you, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, Mate, I've got nothing against Jorge. And Liverpool, oh. Liverpool's never done nothing bad by me. They they seem to be on top and played well, so they should get a championship, I guess. And stuff, man. Uh, Freaking Arsenal, I say. Oh mate, you crossed the line now, mate. <laughs> You're the fucking line. <laughs> um, like like you said, I couldn't give a shit what happens with I'm I'm, ball. I'm
1: glad we've got plenty of these in the bank. Cause this could be the last record with that attitude, mate. <laughs> 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 right. I don't care about the round ball.
0: What I want to hear about is our odd shaped ball getting kicked hey, hey, around hey, hey, in hey,
1: London. Hey, yeah, I know, but you're the one that you're the one that mentioned it. So yeah, just to yeah. get it out of the way, uh-huh, and
0: okay. I think it's glitched out the whole time. So hopefully, we'll I'll just have to edit it all out anyway. So
1: <laughs> it didn't glitch at all at all. Oh, you know that too, Rifty. <laughs> Stop making up excuses.
0: <laughs> um, but what do I want. Uh, you guys also have a women's team. How, when did that start, and how did that all come about?
2: Yeah, so basically, um, uh, back in sort of late two thousand and fourteen, um, there'd been uh, a women's exhibition. Oh, there'd been a women's exhibition match with AFL London um, earlier that year, um, and there was a couple, um, couple of people that were kind of keen keen to get something going and saw it as a really good opportunity to to build our club especially. So um and, and other clubs that saw the same opportunity, I guess. Um uh that and that was, you know, really so there's a couple of couple of the girls kind of pushing it and then it was really sort of supported by everyone at the club and, and um some guys that are still heavily involved, Chrissy Ray and Jay Trelaw, um, who was actually the one of the co-coaches last year of the women's team five years later. Um, and, the, and the club coach at that time, Ben Quick, were all really keen to um, can, to get something happen. So, uh, yeah, in um, 2015, we, we played in the first ever AFL women's match against the South East London Giants, I believe it was. Um, uh, so, you know, it was I think it was a, a shorter shorter sort of 12-a-side maybe um, version, but it was, um, you know, it's since grown. To, to a lot bigger now with two two divisions um, for the past couple of years um, this year was potentially going to go to one big division because there was enough talent and enough kind of um, quality to, to allow that to happen um, and and last year we actually our girls won um, won our first ever women's premiership which was uh, which was huge for the club and, and a massive um, kind of reward for all the hard work that's been done over the over the last five years so um, it's you know, I think um, a lot of people around the club that have been there for these five years have said, you know, it's the best thing that's ever happened to the club. It's brought something new, something kind of a new a new dynamic. It's um, improved our club. It's brought more players, more people, um, you know, couples that arrive in London together. You know, both of them can come down and play and be involved. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 been huge for the club and, and something we really um, are proud of. So it's uh, it's unreal
0: uh oh, it's awesome it's good that you've been you girls have been able to have some success and uh get a Premiership and hopefully um, you know with all this shit going on it hasn't put too much uh you know problems in the way of of the that women's league growing next year and and becoming you know a stronger division but how hard have you guys found it to get players for both the men and the women's teams to to your club? Um, I mean, we're we're
2: we kind of don't find it too hard. I guess it's um, you know, we I think last year we sort of had somewhere between we had four teams, three men's and 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 one women's team. So automatically, each week, you know, you do need um, you know, a hundred players to play each Saturday. So um, we generally get pretty close to that each week. Again, depending on what what's happening around Europe with music festivals or travel or school holidays or um, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I think we sort of had 150 to 200 people probably put on the jumper last year and some some for one game, some for all, you know, 12 games. So um, it's uh, we don't find it too hard. A lot of it's word of mouth and, and social media. Um, you know, people that play for one or two years and go back to Australia, they really... Um, we really rely on them going back and, and talking about how good it is and... and um, you know, you guys would know, but the footy network in, in all parts of Australia is pretty small, and and so we try and try and lean on that a little bit. And, and um, if we provide a good experience here while while they're here, then um, you know they'll go back and, and preach um, preach about the club and and in, you know entice them to, to come down for even just for a training or for a beer. Um, you know, that's that's what we're that's kind of what we're here for is is to you know help people feel, feel engaged and part of a community, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's a bloody hell of a lot of players to, uh, to come through one club in a year. They like, they wear on and off, but yeah, it's a lot of players. Um, so one thing that I did notice and you mentioned that this would have been the club's 30th year, um, you started off wearing the SN jumper. Yeah. Colors of my beloved bombers. You've currently since changed the jumper to a pretty unique and pretty cool design in my opinion, why the change, and how did you come up with the, the new design?
2: Yeah, so I mean, in those first few years, uh, when that I mentioned, when the guys um, got together in a in a pub in North London and kind of um, uh, decided they would get something going, um, we were were the wearing, wearing the the bombers jersey, as you mentioned. Um, I don't really know why the bombers were chosen. I think it was just the easiness, you know, the easiness of getting the jumpers. I can I tell you right. I can was... tell
1: you right now, the best jumper in the league. That's why.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think we, they may have even been donated or something. I, I can't remember the, the story why they that was. But um, the interesting part of the story is that is why, why we actually moved away, but um, from that jumper. But I guess it was more the nickname, the bombers, which um, at that time um, had some connotation around it, um, particularly particularly with. Um, some of the troubles that were happening you know, uh, in Ireland and, and around London with the London bombings and stuff like that, um, they they decided that it probably wasn't a good look to be called the bombers, um, and so they were called the North London Lions. And and eventually, the, the kind of jumpers evolved to include um, a bit of the yellow and, and the the Clarence, our, our mascot um, on the on the jumper, which um, you know we went through kind of stages of using. We got some jumpers donated from the Brisbane Lions. Um, at one stage and and got a hands on some of those some old sort of training jumpers and all that kind of stuff basically did whatever we could to to get a, a full playing kit um whereas now we're we're in a position where we can you know um, have our own unique design as you said that which is which is really cool um and this year actually we were planning on and we we still will be having a um like a heritage jumper to to kind of recognize the thirty years so um There'll be more info to coming out about that soon, but um, I think uh, that'll depend on whether we actually play any games this year or not.
1: Yeah. well, hopefully you guys get uh, some games up for your 30 years, and you can you know, wear that special jumper. Um, so, how hard is it? Like, we obviously know that a lot of clubs in um, Europe have to play on smaller grounds and train on smaller grounds. Whereabouts do you guys train and play?
2: Yeah so um over here probably much like other other places around the world um that don't have you know special or specific um, footy grounds but we actually we're lucky enough that we've got a uh, in north london um, to have a ground that's fairly dedicated to to Aussie rules especially during the summer during our during our season um during the winter it's 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 for the round ball it's there's a couple of soccer pitches there um but we We've got the a really good setup where we're um got a you know the the oval space with the with the goalposts at either end and and kind of it's enclosed um, and we've got a pavilion with a cafe and a barbecue and, and all that kind of stuff so, and changing rooms which which is uh, might sound fairly um, standard but over here there's some clubs where you kind of play in the middle of a of a big common they call it over here a, a big park basically a big field. Um, where there's no sort of change rooms, no facilities like that. So you're kinda of getting changed under the tree or under a tent or something. But um yeah, we're we're lucky enough to, to have a have a space out in Bounds Green. Um and the guys out there really look after us and, and we try and look after them by supporting them and their, their, by drinking their beers and eating their you know, their burgers. So which we don't find too hard to do. But um no we're very very lucky and, and probably one of the sort of better setups we do have a unique part of our ground where a big tree it's it goes uphill it is it is uh it's located on a on a decent incline um or decline depending on which way you' which way you're kicking um and then there's a big tree that hangs over one of the boundary lines uh so you, you know those that don't know can get stuck there and kick the ball and you lose the ball in the tree during mid match which is uh which is a bit of fun, but it's um uniquely North London, which is great.
0: No, nah, it's always good to have something unique about the, the club and where you play. Um, sometimes it's not the greatest thing to have. So a, so there's a few
1: clubs over here, very few that are, we talk about uniqueness and it's definitely not a good thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Losing a foot in a tree, that's no big deal. But do um, so you guys play in the AFL London League? Um, how many games do you get to play in that league and then what other tournaments do you play in across UK and Europe?
2: Yeah, so basically it's it's roughly each year around a ten ten rounds for home and away, and then um, three or, three or four week uh, final series, depending on the kind of the, the division and how many teams are in that year. We've had a couple of new teams join um, from kind of outside London, so. Um, Sussex Swans and, and Portsmouth Pirates have joined in the in the social kind of the thirds division, um, which is really cool. It's the, our, our boys at the moment that they haven't got girls yet, but the boys love the day trip there where they jump on the train and play a game, and then um, and then get on the you know have a few beers at the pub in Portsmouth or Sussex or wherever it might be, and then uh, jump on the train back and see how many they try and sort of beat Booney's record of how many beers they can drink from you know from Australia to London on the plane. They try and do it from uh, Portsmouth to London. So it's always a bit of fun. Or Reading is the other one that w- it's always a good trip. Um, so, yeah, there's that league, which is which is great. Uh, and then we generally play sort of two or three practice matches. Um, in the lead-up, we always go up to uh, Cambridge and play um, the university team there. They've got a, a really strong squad. And same as Birmingham University. So they're two, sort of two trips that we go on. Um, the boys and the girls go and play play up there. Um, and we've got a really good relationship. They're kind of just north of London, so we, we call them our, our really north, north London um, teammates. And then um, each year as well we do a pre-season trip. Um, so this year the girls are actually on their way to Copenhagen to play in the Champions League. Um, AFL Europe put on a comp for all the teams that won their respective comps. Um, so they were really excited about that, but but due to COVID, that got cancelled. And the boys were, <clears throat> we had, I think, 35 to 40 guys locked in to go to Prague to play against um, the national team there and and their local team. So, um, yeah, we were probably, I think, two weeks. Two weeks we missed the boat just there for, for COVID. So, um, yeah, we had a huge, that was probably one of our biggest squads we were going to take on a pre-season trip. Um, so it was a bit devastating, but um, unfortunately not much we can do about it. Um, yeah, and then there's there's always little um, sort of other teams. We, we try and uh, – we've got a, a bit of a community with other um, teams around Europe that have the Lion as their mascot. Um, so there's a bunch of those. And over the last two or three years, um, Jay Treloar, one of the – or Dog, his nickname is uh, – we uh, have started up the, the Lions Cup, um, which has teams from Denmark, France, Germany, Switzerland. Um so last year we sort of hosted that and we had um, a bunch of those guys and um, and girls come across and, and play. It's That's more of a real sort of social kind of just interacting with other teams from Europe. Um, that's that's really cool. It's um, And, you know, try and help them because they often have less Aussies or, you know, less um, experienced players over there. They might have one or two Aussies kind of leading and then a lot of locals. So it's good to give them a um, a taste of kind of the... Um, maybe better quality football, or also kind of full ground football, so 18 aside rather than sort of nine
0: aside or 12 aside.
1: Yeah, a few uh, of our Lion friends in there, rifty that he's mentioned.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I don't think Ryland Lions made it over last trip, but I think they were definitely looking forward to making it over at some stage. Yeah, I think they were involved
2: knows. in the first. They were involved in the first year we did it as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, they're they're a good bunch, good bunch, and um, actually everyone everyone they're all they're all really good fun. And as I said, it's uh, it's it's all about having fun and being a bit social rather than the footy itself. But it's uh, it's still still a good day to kick around, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully the Copenhagen trip can can happen at a later stage, and, as well as the Prague trip, because we've heard we've spoke to Copenhagen and we've also heard uh, good things about trips at Prague. So they definitely sound cool. like. Good trips to go on, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, the social side. Let's get into that. That's one of our favourite things. And and what I specifically want to know about is what you guys do for Grand Final Day.
1: So
2: for for the for the AFL Grand Final Day, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, it's always a big day. We um, we you generally uh, host... Um, a function at our at one of our sponsors, um, Bloomsbury Lanes, which is one of those um, venues that's like got bowling lanes and all that kind of. It's a bowling lane bar kind of set up um, and they put it on a big screen. Um, it kicks off here about five thirty in the morning, so it's an early start. Um, oh, and so you can always tell pretty early in the in the game who's who's kicked on from the night before, or, who, or who's actually. Prepared and gone to sleep, and, and woken up, you know, had their alarm set for four thirty, five o'clock. Um, it's pretty easy to tell who who's done what, but, uh, and who to watch out for. But um, yeah, you, you generally roll out of the grand final about sort of eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, with a handful of pints under your under your belt, and um, and then the next decision is whether you go home for a, a bit of a nap before you then have another crack, or whether you just or whether you just crack on. Um, so that's always an important uh, juncture in the day, but it's, um, it is, a, it is a, it's a big day and it's, I was going to say luckily or unluckily, it's, it's always around my birthday. So I've tried and uh, it's always a big, big circle in the calendar for me to, um to enjoy it and, and uh, have a bit of fun. So it's, uh, yeah, but there's, there's, oh, there's tens and tens of functions around London for the AFL grand final. Um, a couple of big bars that, or chains of bars, Belushi's being one where they where they show the grand final and it's always good of fun. Um and some of the some of the other Boz, uh, sort of Aussie style bars I guess show it as well. So there's there's no shortage of things to do. Um and uh yeah it's bloody good fun. But a long day, big
0: day. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna have too many that are gonna wanna venture over there to watch it at five thirty in the morning, but uh <laughs> You might have to get a bowling alley at yours
1: next time at dog, maybe. Yeah, okay. Just shut the fuck up, <laughs> all right,
0: mate?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can somehow get this as video because I know you want to put that edit of me just cracking shits at you <laughs> doing that to you. <laughs> you want to explain to him the story behind that, so that way it doesn't uh, look like I'm just sit there doing that to him. <laughs> so
0: he, uh, he specifically changed that question. He used to always ask about grand final day. But he hosts Grand Final Day every year, as the last few years. And um, after sort of the second or third club started saying how big they do Grand Final Day, and like there's clubs that, you know, having old theatre rented out, ex theatres and doing all these extravagant things for grand final day, he started going, shit, my grand final day is not looking that great anymore. So Sounds it was
2: pretty, pretty pathetic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so he <laughs> That's was, why I stopped asking it. <laughs> so he stopped asking it. And then I thought, nah, stuff it. Oh, I like hearing about these big extravagant grand final days. So I'm going to ask specifically. He also, he
1: also likes to see me. The shits him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: That's he great. was, uh, picking, I mean,
2: I think it'd be, it's a shame. It's, that's why I'm pushing for the night grand final for that reason. Just even if it was a a nine thirty start in the morning, it would just make a huge difference. Night uh, nah.
1: nah, grand final, I won't see it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the danger. That's the danger for you
1: guys. Yeah. But you mentioned about you know, do you set your alarming? Do you have a snoozing set? Your alarm? What do you kick on? Mate, it's Christmas day. You can't sleep the night before anyway. So,
2: yeah, I mean, even if you have a couple of beers and then you're, uh, even if you. Go to bed at midnight it's only three you know four hours away where your alarm's got to, depending on how, you know where you are got to go but um yeah i mean I, and actually last year we i'm glad we did because it was such a a, a terrible game, but we actually uh i hosted a, a bit of a party here or a bit of a, a viewing um, and we i made a I made a rule where people had to turn their phones off and we actually put it on delay, so it started at about nine thirty ten o'clock in the morning. no one knew the results and um uh Yeah, I'm glad we did it that way because it was a, such a terrible game that I'm <laughs> glad I didn't get up at 4.30 to go and watch that rubbish. I mean, so, um, the
1: previous two years would have been good, but jeez. Unreal. Out, yeah. of all, out of all years to do it, you picked the shit one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, happy about it. Um, so I don't know what we'll do this year, depending on when
0: it is. If Ed Dog tried to kick on from the night before, I could guarantee he'd be asleep by quarter time.
1: But <laughs> you um, give me that much credit. <laughs> oh, Jesus! You're you're a good bike. <laughs> no, because someone would have waked you up for the first bounce, and then yeah, an an yeah but yeah, but you yeah, you've so. seen me, you've seen me, you know, after a big night and a little bit of hungover, Martin. Yeah. You sit there and say there's a million bucks me lander. I'm probably just ain't like getting up for it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> all right. all right. I've lost where we were. So, um, social. So, how hard is it if you guys to get like um, sponsors and whatnot over there? I know that you mentioned about you have got a few pubs that. Uh, help you know, sponsors. But how hard is it in general for any type of um businesses or whatnot to help you?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, we're we're fortunate. We've we've had uh sort of two or three trying to think, yeah, two or three that have um stuck by us for for a long time. And Bloomsbury Lanes have been around again. That was a um connection through an Aussie um, who owns a, a number of pubs around London who um just loves his footy and so um, has been a, a good supporter. Um, uh, the other one that's been really good for us recently is a, a nurture education. So most of the teams over here have a connection with a teacher agency because the majority of Aussies that come over are teachers. Um, you know, it's just a good way to, to help players get a job basically and, um, you know, we can we can kind of look after them that way when, when you know, you can't pay players. Um, it's, a, it's an amateur... I guess style of um, competition, so you're not, you're not allowed to pay players, so you got to help them with jobs or set them in somehow. Um, so yeah, nurture education. Andy Mar, who who owns that business, he's he's got a great little setup there where he um, yeah pays pays them uh, really well and looks after them. Being a smaller company, you know, he's not one of the big kind of agencies, so he can really look after them. And he, um, <clears throat> I think he, you know, he'd have probably. Twenty or thirty of our players on his books in in schools based around London. So um, he's been awesome. Um, so you know, but it helps him as well by us when new players come, we send them to we send them straight to him to say, you know, um, this guy can get you a job. Um, so it works works really both ways. Uh, more recently, we've had little creatures who are, who are based in North London. They've got a, a bar and a brewery now, in just near King's Cross Station, which is really close to where we train and, and um, Technically in North London, so um, they've been really good and and keen to kind of be involved. So um, yeah, it's just about connections, like like anywhere. Um, we can't offer a lot in sort of um, huge exposure or kind of you know um, any of that kind of stuff. But you know we, what we can do is kind of give them give them some business somehow, and and um, you know that's I think just a good way to to be involved in the community. So um, yeah, we don't we don't find it too hard. We, we've we do okay. The good thing about our club over here is we don't have a lot of overhead, So we don't have a lot of um, you know, money going out the door, um, you know, like probably what other, what other Australian clubs do. So it's a, a bit a bit easier to, kind of, to manage.
1: Yeah, it certainly helps without the massive overhead. Now, you mentioned about community. Um, now, we, I see on your Facebook page, because I do follow you, and if you don't follow them, head across the North London lines now. Um, you guys are very big on promoting um, and supporting the frontline workers and the people involved at North London lines who actually are on the front line during this whole COVID thing. And you've also actually presented your jumper to quite an important person across there as well.
2: Yeah, so that was funny. We um basically we thought during COVID because we don't have the content and, and a bit like what you how you guys came up with the, with the podcast you know, with, with this podcast and broadcast, I guess it's, um, we, you know, don't have the usual content of the weekly games and kind of, you know, photos or videos or whatever it might be. Um, and we wanted to, we, we've done a number of things during this, during this COVID, but even over the last few years, we really try and connect with our local community in North London. So there's a number of charities we've supported through our functions. Um, and while, you know, the money would be very useful for the club. We think it's, um, you know, as I said, we, we do okay. And we don't, we don't need to have a massive savings in the bank. Um, so we, we prefer to give give to the local community charities that need it more than us. Um, so we're really big on that. Um, and so uh, there's been two charities during the COVID um, crisis that we've supported, um, which is Haringey Giving and North London Cares. And they they look after kind of um, engaging and connecting local community members around, around our home ground. Um, but yeah, also we wanted to focus on our... On our players and supporters and members that were involved and still working in sort of, I guess, risky situations or on the front line. Um, so really big on that, and we we tagged the Australian High Commission um, in in those those posts, and they actually reached out to us and said, "This is awesome. Um, you know, love seeing this. Um, can we have? Can we can we share? Can we get involved? And can we um, can we actually meet a couple of the?" Uh, In this scenario, a couple of the girls who are are paramedics, and um, so George Brandis, the the High Commissioner over here, he um, he actually went along to the to the girls' work, to Sarah and Beck's workplace, and presented them with some Lamingtons, some Aussie Lamingtons, and um, because we knew it was happening, we we got uh, we got the jumper to the girls to then present to to George and the number one jumper, the the Clarence jumper, and um, which uh, I'm not sure how big a footy follower it is, but um, I hope it's you know proudly. Proudly placed in his office when he when he gets back there to um you know it was just a good, bit of a sign a bit of a chance for us and I think there was a story on Nine News back home and all that kind of stuff so it was um just another way to kind of um try and promote the club I guess but also recognise um yeah and that's what we're focused on throughout this whole time is recognising some positive stories around the uh around the co you know the, the situation I guess and and um rather than just sort of your standard footy posts and throwbacks and all that kind of stuff. We, we tried to be a little bit more community-minded, I guess.
1: No, it's a uh, great thing. It's like, you know, it's one of the things that caught my eye when I first first scrolling through your social medias and uh, tip my cap to you guys for doing what you've done in your community. Um, let's get into a bit of your uh, playing days, mate. So how long have you played footy for and what position do you play?
2: Um, <clears throat> well, I'm putting myself up to... Probably to uh, copying a bit of a bit of shit here from <laughs> whatever I say. I'll, I'll cop some shit from the guys, but no, I've been playing all my life. Like a lot of Aussies, or especially you know, in the Country Victoria, growing up, um, footy was footy was one of several sports that I that I played and and loved, and um, so I have been involved from you know back then. It was called Vic Kick, I believe, before it was Aus Kick. It was it's called Vic Kick and played that and uh, and it's kind of. Played yeah in Shepparton where I grew up for, for the uh, Shepp United the Demons there, um, and then made my way down to Melbourne to play at uh, the North Old Boys knobs in Brunswick who are part of the amateurs um, and life member there now after a number of years and played in the two's flag there and, and kind of been involved in the committee and done all sorts of things there um, still love the club and still follow them very closely um, and then uh, then. Uh, made my way over here and and kind of got involved and I guess playing wise I kind of I always uh, well generally midfield and then forward as well to try and snag a few and I guess uh, as I've got older the the time in the midfield has got less and and (laughs) my uh, my hungriness for goals has probably become even more but uh, uh, no I love love trying to have a Trying to have a kick, but yeah, as I said, I'm getting a bit older. It's um, and time-wise, and kind of commitment to training kind of drops off a little bit. But um, still, still try and have a run around and um, not getting injured basically is the is is my main focus
0: these days. Yeah, it's a good good focus to have, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about the AFL? Who do you follow? Yes, yeah, so I'm a,
2: again a, a demons fan. Um, we. Back in the day when they had the zone set up, um, Melbourne was zoned to Shepparton and uh, um, had some pretty close connections to the, to the Ds through a few players and, and coaches and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> follow them and still do. Um, much to the... Uh, uh, again, my, my passion for the Ds um, sort of dropped off funnily last year. Um,
1: it's and, all right, mate. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Riffy's passion for his Carlton Blues had dropped about a decade ago, so you're all right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel the pain. Uh, I spiked for I spiked for one year in twenty eighteen, and then uh, it's dropped back down again. But no, I love love the D's, and uh, I obviously haven't been to a game for for a few years now. Um, but um, you know, who knows what's going to happen? You don't know who's going to turn up, which which Melbourne team's going to turn up this week or each year or each day. So we'll, we'll see how they go.
1: At least you got one good year in, mate. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll hang my hat on that. <laughs> I did go to the 2000 grand final, which uh, didn't end well, but at least I've, I've, at least I've been to a grand final. <laughs> what are you final, talking yeah.
1: about, Matt? I did it fantastically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I shouldn't have brought that
0: up. <laughs> uh, my, um, my old lady actually lives uh, just outside of Cobram. And oh, yep. Yeah. Not far from Shepherd, and Her partner has lived there pretty much his whole life and he's a D supporter, pretty much for the same reason as you, because... You know, there was a few uh, guys that he played alongside back in, you know, up up that way. Was zoned to Melbourne and ended up playing. Yeah. back in the seventies, uh, well, I'd say. He's yep. Yeah. Quite yep. old, so yeah. Um, I'm guessing there'd be a fair few Melbourne supporters out that way for similar reasons. Um, and you mentioned you played in a twos flag with the knobs and you've um, had some pretty good. Success. What's been the biggest highlight of, of your playing career? Um,
2: well, yeah, that certainly is is up there. Um, but I, I, I did it. I actually forgot to mention. Um, I played a couple of years up in Canberra at Ainsley Footy Club, which is which is awesome. I moved up there for work um, and uh, played a couple of years there. And that's that's a huge club. Um, Finance, you know, financially, they've got um, they own you know a number of facilities that bring in, you know, talk about sponsorship, they don't struggle at all for that. have got they own a couple of golf clubs and bowling clubs and pokies and all that kind of stuff. But um, also had had a couple of years there where I played in a, a losing grand final and then um, the next year uh, got got concussed at training before the before the grand final which they <coughs> which they went on to win. But so that was that was another good couple of years. We didn't lose too many games that year those in those years and, and lots of good fun. Um, and the and the seniors um, were you know you know were just a strong club um, over here, um, yeah, we've played played the um, again being a, a pretty successful club here. We've kind of been involved in finals across all of our divisions over the last few years. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the girls <coughs> seeing the girls win the flag last year was awesome. Um, it was a close game against our, against one of our sort of arch rivals, uh, the Wandsworth demons, um, who, have, who have been pretty strong over the last um, few years. Um, across all all grades, but it was great to get one back on them and and, uh, and see the girls, you know, um, enjoy the the rewards and and um, as well as say some of the you know the older guys that are, that were involved with the girls from the very start, um, you know, sort of see that success and see the the, the plan um, kind of come to fruition. I guess.
0: Yeah, very. So nice. been pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah, pretty success. So. Uh, um plan for quite a successful team up in Canberra. that would have been good experience um, all right I'm not sure if we had these questions when we spoke last time I think we may have but it's but they time have, th- they have they have changed though if we did right. so. we have changed them up right. so it's time to throw some players under the bus uh yeah, yeah. we did have some of these yep. yep yeah all right. so we have we've added a couple of new ones we've changed it up a little bit so um, yeah let's Let's throw some T-Macs under the bus now. What do you All
1: know? right. So who at the North London Lions would you say is the ladies' man?
2: Yeah. Um, look, there's a few. Um, I think uh, Lachlan Byers or Nifty, he would consider himself the, the ladies' man. He he kind of uh, um, calls himself self-proclaimed Mr. North London uh, and and kind of um, strolls around and, and struts around in that fashion. Um, so he'd like to think he is. Um, you'll have to ask, I guess, ask the girls um, if that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he probably takes takes the cake there. Um, you know, he's, he's he's thinks he's the uh, the big man around town.
1: That's what I like to hear you. And when you've got to ask the ladies just to make sure that that's true or not. Um, so for the next couple, because being, you've got a women's team as well, we'll try and get one from each, uh, men and women. So, yep. uh, the class clown.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, we've got, <clears throat> I'll probably give you a one name for the whole club, to be honest um, and his name will give away, you know, the fact that he's, his name is mad Frank. Uh, mad frank is uh he's a life member and he's a he's an absolute legend um he's a he's a he's a soon-to-be dad um but he still manages to to bring a smile to everyone's face with training doing something a little bit a little bit different a little bit fun a little bit crazy so hence the name mad frank he's he's guaranteed to uh have the best outfit when it's shit shirt night or tight tight and bright night or whatever it might be he'll uh He'll he'll and he, and, he, and he dedicates you know he really um, puts his puts his heart and soul into those dress ups which is awesome he'll he'll wear them as soon as the game's finished whatever game he's played he'll uh, he'll be running water for the seniors in, in his dress ups and and uh, really getting into it but no Mad Frankie's is is uh, definitely the the guy that um, brings brings a smile to everyone's face whether it's training or game day or um, he even played we we ran a bit of a a uh, online festival over the weekend because one of the big festivals here that we'd like to go to and was was obviously cancelled. Um, he played some tunes on that, so have a look online. You'll you'll get a taste for Mad Frankie if you have a look at our Facebook page. There, he and his he and his partner Bonnie played some tunes, and they were both uh, they were both uh, on song, so to speak. <laughs> that
0: was very nice. We'll have to check that out. But uh, is there anyone that's a bigger party animal then?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a few of those, and as I said, London uh, or North London, but London in general is um, somewhere where you you can get caught up in the in the uh, party lifestyle, and it's good, bloody good fun. But uh, our, actually our, our co-coach for the women's team, um, Emily Warwick, and the nickname is obviously Kappa uh, for Warwick Kappa. So Kappa um, somehow manages to lose. Um, lose her shit, but also uh, actually lose her phone most weekends. Um, And being coach and, you know, the phone kind of, or being communication being a key to to being a coach, um, the phone plays a big part in that. So there's Sunday mornings or Monday mornings, there's often a message from someone else saying, if you're trying to get in contact with Kappa, uh, she's lost her phone, jump on Facebook and she'll try and respond to it. So Kappa, um, yeah, she... She uh, loves a good time, and she again a bit like Mad Frankie. She manages to bring bring a smile to everyone's face, and she's uh, she's good fun. So she loves it. So I, I think I have to put Kappa down as the party animal.
0: Yeah, nice. So there'll be plenty of times where you get a message back saying "new number, who's this"? <laughs> yeah,
2: them, definitely, definitely.
0: Um, well, all right. Who's the person that just takes the game far too serious?
2: Well, I mean, a lot of people would say that sometimes I do. I am. I have uh, have been known to give away a fifty when I was coaching last year or the year before, so I gave away a fifty meter penalty from the from the sideline, um, Unfairly, I say, but um, you know that's a discussion for another day. Um, no, but there's, I mean, it's a it's a really good atmosphere in the ground. While it's it is competitive, and especially against um, you know some of those teams that I mentioned before, the the one two three team and the, and the The Wildcats, um, those big teams, it does get fairly competitive, Um, but most of the time, um, you know, it's fairly, it's in fairly good spirit, and it's, um, you know, it's uh, it can it can get a bit willing at times, but um, not never too sort of out of control, and um, you know, there's probably only one other bloke on field, Jimmy Reds, who who occasionally, including the grand final a couple of years ago, took it a step far, but you know. He's, uh, he's now going back to Australia and uh, doing other things. So we'll, we'll leave him to be. But yeah, Jimmy Reds is probably a bit over the top sometimes. In, not just on the field, but in life in general, he's a bit over the top. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that for another day.
1: I've yet to meet any person to ever sit there and say that the 50 meter penalty against them was correct. It doesn't matter if <laughs> you blatantly run through a mark. It was still... oh The mark wasn't set. There's always an excuse. But um, yeah. so now we've got a couple that weren't on the other one. So, who at the club's got the best nickname? Oh,
2: um, well, actually, there's uh, there's one guy that came to us a couple of years ago and he's, he's a man of many nicknames. So, he hasn't got one good nickname. He's just got, uh, you know, hundreds of many nicknames. Um, Mick the Greek, TFL. Um, geez, oh, he, I can't even think of all of them in the end. But, he yeah, he's... Um, Mick. He, he's got a number of nicknames, and sadly, he's off. He's actually moving to. Uh, I think he's moving to Cyprus for work. So he sadly won't be with us each week. But hopefully, he comes back to visit. He's, he's a bit of a character. Um. Uh, yeah, she's oh, trying to think on the spot. Uh, Big sexy. Who's a is a. Uh, <laughs> He's been around the club since almost since the early days. Um, he's uh, he's a he's a great fella and helps us out with um, you know when we're recruiting players and finding them jobs. Big sexy, he's a he's a good fella and got a great nickname.
0: Right before we get to the next one, we've got a guy that's played at our club who we've called him <laughs> the Russian for as long as I've known, and he's actually is his father's from Cyprus. Um, and so the first time his old man came down and watched him play and everyone's calling this guy Russian, he's like, why are they calling you Russian? You're not Russian. And so I just, Cyprus, Cyprus, uh, Cyprus, Cypriot, mate. He, his old man was not happy that his son, that's half
1: half Cypriot, was getting called Russian. He was not happy at all. So I thought you were going, didn't way. I thought you were going to say you play with a bloke at the club that has had a million nicknames as well in the bear trap. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I was gonna going to
0: go... I was going to go that way, but man, he's given himself too many nicknames. Um, but then when he mentions Cyprus and this guy's heading back to Cyprus, it made me think of something else. So yeah,
1: I did but, forget about that story actually. So it's nice to bring it back
0: up. But we have guys that like to give, they either they give themselves a nickname every other week, or they earn a nickname every other week. Um, and Mick the Greek sounds like one of those guys that's just earning nicknames left, right and centre. Yeah.
2: And it, look, as soon as they don't like the name, that's when it sticks, isn't it? That's, that's, yeah. that's the kind of number one rule. As soon as they say they don't want that nickname and that's that's the one they're stuck with. So, uh, you know, I think that might have happened to Mick as well.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely have my nickname, Dog, which I'm, you know, obviously most people around the footy club know me as that. And when someone calls me Ricky, it sounds weird. It was a nickname that I... F- fought against when I was, I think I was 16, I think I was 17, I think I was when I first copped it. It was a nickname I fought and fought and fought against, and the more I fought, the, you know, the more it stuck, and now that's pretty much that's how right. most people would know me, so yeah, I definitely understand that. But um, as a bloke that's in a, yeah, a massive bromance with my hetero life partner, Nathan By, uh, what two blokes at your club have got the biggest bromance?
0: Oh...
2: um. We've had a few over the last few years. Uh, just trying to think. Um, uh, uh, so a lot would say myself and, and Luke Stevenson, Steve-O, um, the guy that got me involved in the club. We spend a lot of time together. That's that's a fairly strong one, um, you know, which I'm happy, happy to uh, call out. Um, yeah, who else? Who else? Who else? Um.
0: uh, Shit, I can't.
1: I
2: can't think. Stumped him. Yeah, you stumped me. Um, It
1: normally works that way. It's either you can have two blokes straight off the top of their head that get bang straight away, or it's just so hard because there's too many bromances going on. Yeah. Oh,
2: I'm trying to um yeah I'm, oh, i can't i can't think right now well, just been, stick, let's been, just stick
1: with you and your mate. i reckon
2: <laughs> yeah thanks steve uh, you know um we're, we're pretty we're pretty uh you know close and kind of spend a lot of time together and which is uh which is fine by me that's for sure
1: hey don't feel bad mate uh, i've got a bromance since, since my retro life partner Nathan, i've been best mates with for about going on 15 years and my wife the other day said or oh, the other week said to me so how does Nathan feel about the amount of time you're spending talking to Rifty? <laughs> it was like a, I was like, we are a new bromance. I was like, oh, I haven't spoken to him about it. I'm sure when I see him, he'll let me know about it. So there's nothing, <laughs> wrong, there's nothing wrong with being in a bromance, mate. No, no, I'm happy with
2: it. That's am fine.
0: Um, but thanks again for jumping on with this. And um, even on this one, hasn't gone much better. We'll definitely get this out as an audio. And we'll make sure everyone goes and checks out North London Lions on Facebook, Instagram, and also you've got a decent um, lot of videos on YouTube to check out as well. So if you you search North London Lions on YouTube, there's um, some highlights, there's some games and all sorts of stuff on there. So uh, we'll share links for all that. Um, If there's any other links you want us to share, just let us know.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, the the Facebook one's the one that um, you know we do most of our work on Instagram, I guess. But um, yeah, on YouTube, it, it gives you a good sense of um, the club and some of our recruiting videos, that, like all our promotional videos that we use each year that we try and put out. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's that's a really good way. But yeah, <clears throat> to get a sense, and um, I don't know, if, even if you can. Included in this, but there's to get a sense of kind of the club and all that kind of stuff. Some of the old videos of um, the 2012 and 2015 premierships, um, and we are going to put up the last. We just got only just recently got access to the to last year's women's premiership, so we'll put that up there as well. And, um, if you got a spare sort of hour or so to watch that, it's it's a low-scoring game last year, but it's uh, got pretty tense towards the end, so it was um, no, it was good to watch.
0: Yeah, we'll no, we'll have to check it out. So. Just for anyone watching that does go check out any highlights and this stuff. What number do you wear so they can look out for you?
2: No, no there won't be none of me. Well, especially not in the women's grand final, you won't see me. But uh, <laughs> no, but uh, no, I think uh, I don't know if there's actually any highlights of me. To be honest, um, there's a few photos there, but you'll uh, yeah, nothing, um, uh, nothing outrageous.
0: Twenty seventeen grand final against the demons. Wads, Wandsworth demons, North London Lions. You win that one.
2: Uh, I was on the sidelines that day in the in the ones I played. I think I played in the twos that day. I can't can't actually remember, but yeah, no, and and it's kind of uh, we don't. Know, I don't think we've even got. I can't remember if we've got footage of that day, but um, yeah, that was that was another close one where we lost by by three points. And kind of uh, in our forward line for the, nearly the whole last quarter, we just couldn't uh, take a grab and, and kick a winner. So it was um, another tense day, to pretty close battles amongst amongst the. The clubs in the finals, it's always, always uh, not good for the for the heart rate, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, nice. that all, right,
1: all right, dog, ask the question. I know you want it. What, what question?
0: Out. To finish up, ask him.
1: I actually don't know what you're talking about. I was going to mention about, you know, if you do ever find some highlights of yourself, don't do what my co-host has done and made pretty much the entire... Intro to our uh, podcast around <laughs> won the highlights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little finisher right at the end there, uh, nice goal, well, loss slotted.
1: Thank you, mate.
0: All right, you just mentioned a close loss; they lost by three points in the grand final.
1: Mm. What's the question that's been on your mind? Oh, the last... <laughs> all right. So we've discussed it. last year in our Snapchat group, our you know, footy Snapchat group. Shit got pretty, uh, pretty heated, and we've actually asked a couple of American clubs last week. Would you rather lose by one point or a hundred points? Uh, one point. Hey, another one.
2: Unanimous. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think at least I know I know the you know the the feeling is that geez, you um, yeah, it kind of makes it more heartbreaking. But at least it lets you that, um, have a chance to win it at some stage. I guess is the is the flip side that um and that geez. Uh, <coughs> If you're losing by hundred points, it generally happens from pretty early on, yeah. and it's just not fun. When you, I have been involved in losses like that where you're losing by, you know, eighty points at half time or something like that, and you're, uh, it's not, that's not a fun second half. You just don't want to play, no, especially on grand final
1: day. Hundred percent agree with you. For some reason, <laughs> at our club, we have some absolute muppets out there that somehow just believe a hundred points is better than one point. And as I said, they're a bunch of map muppets. They're a bunch of Spanners. There's many words I can say about them blokes, but you know. soft, 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 I think. soft, soft weak, <laughs> uh,
2: idiots. Nah, I'll take the one point. All right. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. uh, like I said, thanks again for joining us. We do appreciate you jumping on again. Uh, no
2: worries at all. Nah, appreciate appreciate the the work you guys are doing and kind of uh, exposing footy around the world. And it's been interesting, you know, hearing from other clubs. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool that and footy's being played all around the world.
0: Yeah, no, we're, we're enjoying it, and hopefully people get something out of it, and uh, like we've said during this, I hope you're able to get some games at the end of the, this year, if not the start of next year, and you know we'll catch up with yeah. you after you get some games. And yeah, try. for
2: sure, and if, if, if anyone's coming over to to uh, do the two-year stint, or, or longer or shorter, just get in touch. You're always happy to have, if we're shorter players, people come for a game, or, um, even just come for the social stuff. You know, I think we mentioned last time around some of the, uh, we go to Ascot races each year. We go to, um, we have a boat party on the Thames. Um, so there's always stuff happening and some uh, some good parties and but some good footy as well. So, yeah, give us, reach out and, and we'll um, be happy to have anyone that wants to come over and um, enjoy the Europe summer.
0: Yeah, nice. I purposely didn't, didn't ask about that squad again because we didn't want to lose <laughs> our runner
2: to you. So. You're scared of losing foes, yeah.
1: Nah, yeah. fair enough. We told, yeah. him about, we told him about it and he was already asking, okay, so when does uh, travel open back up so I can get back across there? Yeah, yeah. So I can yeah. get across there, sorry.
2: Send him our way. Okay. Be great. All right. All right, All right yeah.
1: Beautiful, mate. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, really do appreciate your time again. Um but yeah, as Riff, you said, we'll definitely catch up with you at some point in the near future, if you get a season going, or you know, even the start of next season, just to see how the North London lines are going, and you know, hopefully you guys get to celebrate your thirty years this year with the way, you know, the way, you know, in a way that you wanted to, that maybe not be the same, but at least in a way.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, boys, and uh, yeah, look forward to catching up in the near future.
0: Yeah, and hopefully you get that Prague trip and we'll definitely have to get on. We might not be able to record the oh, stories, yeah. but we definitely want to hear some stories about that yeah. Prague trip, that's for sure.
2: We'll we'll call you from Prague.
1: Yeah Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good to me. End, end, end,
2: end, end, end of season trips probably more likely in uh yeah, in uh Greece or Malta or Croatia, I think they're looking at. So um Yeah,
0: we'll see. Yeah, we we'll call be, you from there.
2: Yeah. We might we might
1: probably. be lucky to get to Bendigo. That's
0: about as far <laughs> as we get to go.
1: Nah, we'll get up to, we'll get up to uh, Wodonga, mate. Wodonga, all right. <laughs> all, right
0: good all right,
1: thanks. Beautiful. Uh, See you, mate.
0: Great stuff. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, guys. thanks mate.
0: See Cheers. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Toward Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number.
1: Hey Siri, play the Cobra calf with the present VP.